Should I buy an existing RIA or should I start my own? This is the Transition to RIA video series. This is question number 25. Hi, I'm Brad Wales with Transition to RA, where I help advisors just like you understand everything there is to know about why and how to transition to the RA model. Uh, so today's question is, and this is this is a, uh, geared towards advisors that that already have assets, that already have a book of clients, that are looking to transition their model. This is this is not geared towards a, an entrepreneur that is not currently an advisor that, that wants to kind of buy into our industry or anything like that. Um, and, I, and I'll preface this by saying this is, this is kind of my uh, opinionated answer. I, I wouldn't say there's a, a perfect answer to this question and, and certainly other people might have different opinions, uh, but I did want to share my opinion with you on this because I think there's some, some things to think through about this concept of, you know, okay, if I want to transition into the model, and, and, and maybe I've uh, identified a, a, a target RA for one reason or the other. Should I, is the best path just to simply buy into that or, or should I actually just start my own from a, from a logistical standpoint? So that, that's what we're gonna talk about uh, here on today's video. Uh, and and I, I will say this, little different. There, one of the paths to the transition to our model is to, is to simply join an existing RA firm. And there's absolutely benefits for that. Uh, and for the right profile advisor and for the right services that, that an existing RA can provide it, it absolutely is something worth considering. And that's part of the conversation I have with the, with advisors that sometimes haven't even, haven't even thought of that. They say, oh, I need to start my own. And, and maybe you should, and maybe that is the best path. But that maybe joining an existing RA is something worth thinking about as well. So th this is not uh, kind of referencing or referring to that concept of, of, of going into one. The, the idea is here, this is more the advisor, again, that has current assets that, that, that is inclined, has decided, they've worked with someone like me to understand everything there is to know about how this works. And they say, okay, I do want to go down this path. Would it be just logistically simpler for me to buy an existing RA uh, to get my foot in the door to get, get things going as, as opposed to starting one from scratch, you know, from a logistical standpoint. And, and the reason I, you know, I kind of even bring this up is in the broker dealer world. And I, and I will say I am by far more an expert on the RIA world than I am the broker dealer world. Uh, but it's my understanding that, that uh, if you wanted to start your own broker dealer today, which is, you know, less and less likely that you see that going on. It's, it's just a, it's a, it's a much more cumbersome process. There's a lot of rules and regulations with it. So you, you don't really hear about, I mean, decades ago, it was much more common, even smaller advisors or teams might even consider starting their own broker deal. And, and just with the cost and complexity of running a broker deal nowadays, you just don't see that. But, but there are some instances where, where maybe uh, an advisor or a team or some existing kind of firm does want to start a broker dealer. And, and it's, it's my understanding, again, I'm not an expert on broker dealers that in that scenario, sometimes it is worthwhile, certainly considering simply buying an existing broker dealer as opposed to trying to start one from scratch. And the, the main reason is because of just the, the length of time needed to get a new broker dealer up and going and approved by the regulators um, is, is, quite extensive, much more so than starting an RIA. And so uh, one path people have taken with starting a broker dealers is you go and they, they kind of say you, you buy one off the shelf, or maybe these were uh, broker dealers that existed, small broker dealers, you know, that existed 
a long time ago and they were being used and now they're, they're barely being used or they're not really being used at all, but they haven't technically shut down. So they're just kind of sitting there on the shelf um, and, and an opportunity for someone to come along and buy the broker dealer and immediately kind of go live with this new broker dealer and then, and then do whatever it is they plan on doing with that broker dealer. So that's something that, that happens in the broker dealer world. So the question is, in the RIA world, is that a, a quicker, easier, less expensive way to, to get your foot in the door and, and have your own RIA? And, and, and I'm of the opinion, which I'm gonna share here, that the, the answer to that is, is definitely no. Um, starting up your own RA, and this is something I help advisors with all the time of how this works, is, is a process. It, it does cost money. Uh, there is some time involved, but it's, it's definitely doable. Absolutely. But the right planning and the right uh, people you are working with it is absolutely doable and, and much easier than this idea of starting up your own broker dealer. And so, you know, you, you really have to think, why, why would I maybe even consider starting or buying an existing RIA versus just simply starting my own. Um, and, and the only kind of thing I can think of is, is if there's an RIA, RIA out there uh, that has just built a fantastic brand and they are just very well known. And it might, it might just be in, in your local community, but still that could be very valuable from a, from a, you know, a client business development perspective. So if that RA has a, as a well-known brand in a well-known place in that community, there is value in that. And, and, and in that circumstance, it might be worth considering, wow, this, I'm not just buying the book of clients. I'm buying this brand. I'm buying this name recognition. I'm buying the 20-year the history in the community. And, and there is some value in that. But again, that's, a, that's specifically if that, if, if that scenario exists. Is that really strong to... To, to, to consider that as a, as a reason to go down that path. And so related to that, and, and, and I wanted to give some examples of things you, you might wanna be you know, cautious about that even if at face value, it seems great and it, and it still could be worthwhile. All the good could be maybe worth more than the risk, but just some, just some things to be uh, aware of. So if you were to look at an existing RIA, and again, I'm, I'm not suggesting you can't buy practices. That's a common thing that happens, but usually what will happen when a, when a practice is acquired is let's say I have my own RIA and, and I've already transitioned and here I am. And, and then there's a practice I wanna buy that the typical arrangement would be I'll buy the practice and you're really buying just essentially the book of clients and I'll move them into my RIA. That, so, so I'm not suggesting you shouldn't consider that at all. That's a, that's a wonderful uh, growth strategy and it's, and it's happening all the time. The, the, the question more so is as you launch, as you first launch your, should you just buy an RA outright and just take over their name and, and, and everything they have going for them? So the, the first thing is even if you think, wow, this, this firm has a great name and a great reputation, you know, maybe they do, maybe they don't. How, how do you know that, 20% uh, of the, the clients don't think highly of this and they are out in the community bad-mouthing the, the, the firm and the, and the name and they don't think you know, well of it. And, and because you weren't there during the, say, the 20 years that all that was being built up, you, you had no control over that. Now, you, know, you, you don't get credit for the good, but you also weren't the cause of potentially the bad as well. So it's, it's hard to tell for sure is it is it uh, you know and, and no firm no firm in any industry will have a 100 percent you know positive uh, footprint out there in the marketplace but 
it's tough to know what, which part of that is negative. When, when you start your own firm and from day one, you have your own firm, you at least know full well the full history of that firm and the full history of, of clients being happy or not happy. When you, when you buy into a name that you're now going to absorb, you're buying the good and the potential bad. And it's, it's sometimes hard to even know what that is. Um, another example uh, with regulatory exams and RA certainly. So this example, let's say they've been around for 20 years. They've, they've certainly gone through a number of regulatory exams over that time. Uh, I did a whole separate video on the, the, the frequency of the exam process. If you want to learn more about that. Um, and, and, and presumably they're still around. So those exams must've gone fairly well, if not, if not great. Um, but, but generally regulators do find things that need to be corrected on the next exam. And, and, and that's one of the things they'll look for. They're, okay, hey, on our exam, uh, we came in and, and here's some items you need to correct them. And there's a whole follow-up process. And, and you can be sure the next time they come in, they're gonna double check again to make sure you, you, you know, fixed all of those issues. So it can be challenging because what happens if the most recent exam, which, which could have been a, a couple years prior, there actually were a lot of issues. And at face value, you can't necessarily tell that from just how the RA looks and what you're hearing out there in the community. And maybe there are a lot of issues that maybe they did or did not fix. Now, of course, there's some due diligence you could do on that and ask to see that, that exam results and things like that. But, but, but perhaps they burned a bridge with the regulators the last time they were there and they, they battled them over, over issues. And guess what? The next time the regulars come back and they remember that, well, they're not necessarily going to care that, that, oh, there's a new owner in town. Now, they might give you a little sympathy on that, but it's still the same firm if you've just bought it and kept it going. Now, again, I, I'm, I'm paying all the bad. There's a, there's a lot of RAs where that absolutely would not be the case, and they've had great exams. So I, I don't want to give the impression that that's how it always works because it's not at all the case. However, it is just something to be aware of that that could be a variable that's in play with that. Um, another thing. You know, perhaps you uh, nowadays, you know, reviews online and, and obviously there's, there's uh, particular compliance uh, requirements, what you can or can't do or, or encourage clients to do one thing or not. But, but you can't control if a client wants to go out on some website and, and review that firm. And, and while you could do a, you know, a cursory look and try to see if those are mostly all positive, uh, you know, feedback and positive impressions, you know, how do you know that you're, there's not negative ones out there that you're just not aware of or, or just maybe certain clients are very uh, unhappy and they just haven't got, or, or now maybe uh, uh, ex clients and they just haven't got around to going on there and, 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 and dinging the firm online because they're upset about something. And again, you're, you're buying into that. You're buying, now you, you also get to buy into perhaps a lot of you know, positive things being said. So there's, there's two sides to the coin. But again, if you're not around from the beginning of the existence of that firm, you, you don't know what has or hasn't happened. I mean, you can attempt to ask, oh, how's, how's your relationship been with your clients over the last 20 years? I mean, that's, that's hard to articulate. So again, if, if, if you're there from the beginning, you know the good and the bad and, and kind of what you're getting into. Uh, and then the last just example is again, may, maybe that RA has a, has a great marketing approach that they've put in place and it seems to generate a lot of you know, new, new uh, prospective clients coming in. And again, maybe that's part of what I want to buy into. And if I, if, I, if I change the name and all that stuff because I'm just buying the book and not the firm, maybe that all messes it up. And, and maybe that is a great marketing apparatus they have in place. And maybe that there's a lot of value there. And maybe it's absolutely worth you buying. However, again, just to, just to think through the different variables here, you know, how do you know that, okay, maybe they're, maybe they're doing uh, one approach and it's with seminars and they have a seminar marketing company and whatnot. 
but but over here on the side, oh, it turns out they've run afoul with, with Google uh, advertising because they kept violating Google's uh, terms of service of what you can and can't do with ads. And, and maybe they've been kicked off of the Google ad platform. Uh, but you don't know that because all you see is what's working over here. And, and hey, maybe, maybe in the long run, maybe you don't need to ever go back to the, the Google ad platform because this other thing's working or we'll, we'll try other things. But again, that's kind of a, the proverbial skeleton in the closet that, that you might get because you're buying into this. So you're, you buy into the good, you buy into the bad as well. Uh, so just a reminder on that, when you, when you buy a practice and you're going to keep the practice exactly as is, you're buying everything. You're buying all of the positive, all of the goodwill, uh, obviously the client base, that's, that's the main thing you're buying. But, but you're also buying the, the potential other side of the coin. Well, there is the, the other side of the coin. The question is just how much baggage or skeletons come along with that. Um, and, and again, you might find that RA that it's 98% good and 2% bad or 90% or good and 10% bad and, and the 90% so far outweighs the 10% that it's an absolutely good business decision to make. The, the challenge is just identifying that, that, that other side of the coin. Is it 2%? Is it 10%? Or is it 30%? It's, it's tough to do. So that, that's why I say unless this, this brand in this uh, footprint in the community far outweighs the risks, it's just simpler to start your own RA. So even if your transition, again, this is my opinion, if your transition to the RA model is gonna be simultaneous of bringing your existing clients and I've identified, you know, maybe someone I've known a long time and I wanna, I wanna acquire their practice, we're gonna do this all at once, I do encourage you to structure it. So you, you technically start your own RA, you buy the book of clients, you bring those into your RA because your RA is starting fresh, both from a reputation standpoint, a regulatory standpoint, a, a client perception standpoint. Uh, and again, pros and cons to that. You, you won't necessarily, well, you have the, hopefully the goodwill of the clients you're buying, but, but you'll be foregoing maybe the goodwill of that name and the community. But again, you got to think of kind of both sides to that. Um, so it's just, again, th this is my opinion. Other folks might have a, have a different opinion, but I did want to just do a, a, a video on this. I've been asked this before, and, and just, to, just to lay out some of the variables that are worth considering of, of the path to get there. And, and, and while some of you, or maybe most of you, maybe, maybe weren't even aware of that whole broker-dealer thing, if that's a way to get in the broker-dealer work, because again, you probably have no interest in starting your own broker-dealer. Uh, but to the degree you ever heard of that, this idea of, oh, should I buy one off the shelf and just, and just go with that? Uh, I did want to do this video just to kind of show how it's, it's just way different in the RA space than, than any of this broker-dealer pathway is. So with that, like I said, I'm Brad Wales with Transition to RA, where I help advisors just like you understand everything there is to know about why and how to transition to the RA model. Uh, so whether that's what's your fir current firm look like and you want to make a transition and should you do what we're talking about today? Should you buy a practice? Should you buy a book of clients or should you just start with just your own clients and maybe you do that down the line? That's the sort of thing I help advisors think through all the time. I'd be more than happy to have that conversation with you as well. Uh, if you're not already there, jump on over to transitiontoria.com. Uh, I have plenty more videos posted. I have white papers on the economics of the RA model. Uh, and then the easiest thing is right there at the top is a contact link. Uh, I encourage you to jump on that. You can instantly and easily schedule a specific date and time that we can have this sort of conversation and, 
and cover whatever this subject matter you would like to learn more about, about what, what that looks like to maybe move your existing practice and transition it to the RA model. More than happy to have that conversation with you. So with that, I hope you found some value in today's video and I'll see you on the next one.